Welcome to Color Me Dead. This is a true crime podcast, and we talk about murder and fuckery most foul in detail while using the darkest of humor. If you don't like words like fuck and cunt, then you probably shouldn't listen. But if you do, then join us while we fuck your feelings. Welcome. Welcome. It's episode 115. 115. Today will we... Today will we... Sorry. I didn't even try to do that. I was trying to say, today we will be... That makes it even better. I'm like... God. I'm just sitting here watching you like, what are you doing? I would help you with what the sentence is, but I don't know what it is. Today we... Today we... Wait, 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 all the way home. Jesus. How about today we will be talking about Donald Peewee Gaskins. Bum bum bum. Ah, finally. Um, by the by, yes. shall we say a thank you? We should. Massive thank you to Samantha Vaughn for letting us borrow this amazing book, The Final Truth. Because this motherfucker's over $100 for used copies. And that's like the cheapest one. And so. yeah, she sent it like in December and I, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Just like, hey man, bear with us. I realize that it's like nine months fucking later. But we're here. But we here we it. are. <laughs> we got it. We're doing it. We're hey, fucking doing it. Life sometimes happens faster. Let, let's look at it this way. Okay. I like seriously think about it. Hey guys, next month will be one year that I haven't had a single drop of alcohol. Which is insane and amazing. Oh, where's your, where's your... Oh, my, my, my applause. Yeah, oh. you need an applause from the soundboard, oh. please. Sorry about, sorry about that. Let's see. Because all I've got over here is... Yo, fuck yo. Yo, fuck it, yo. That's probably not the right uh, response to... Oh. That's the one. Yep. Yay, one year. Almost. So, so think about that. Like... Yeah. That went by fast. That went by really fast. That went by like, and I'm not, I I don't, I'm not trying to like downplay anybody's like uh, recovery or anything else. I'm like, holy shit, that was a year? Yeah. Fuck, what happened? What had happened? Okay, so what happened in a year? Um, I got home. I gained 40 pounds. (laughs) I gained it with you. Can I call my weight sympathy (laughs) weight? Like, I just wanted to be with you. So I, I've, I, I, uh, I gotta go get my gym membership today and, um, I got a meal prep today. So, um, so I gained 40 pounds. I quit drinking. I got a job. I've been promoted a few times. I, uh, I've not cleaned my house properly in probably a year. You wrote a bunch of kick-ass episodes. Oh, I wrote podcast. a bunch of episodes while my friend was sick. <laughs> and just being on strike from life. Um, what else did I do? Uh, that's pretty much it. That's pretty, that's, that covers it. I lifed. Yes. Lifed. Lifed, lifed, lifed. <clears throat> Well, why don't you tell us about social media? Where can you find us? Oh, well, <laughs> if you guys want to check us out on social media, you can find us Facebook. We are Color Me Dead Podcast. You like the page, come to the group, Color Me Dead Podcast group. You can find us on Instagram, Color Me Dead Podcast, or Gory underscore Nikki and Color Me Dead Angel. Also, if you want to be ignored on Twitter, <laughs> our handle is Oops. Color Me Dead Pod. I always think I'm going to go on there, and I never do. You can also get some merch at colormedeadpod.threadless.com. There's all kinds of shit that says Color Me Dead on it. Um, also, you can go to ageofradio.org slash colormedead. You can check out the bazaar. You can do a little shopping on there that will help us out a little bit because we get a kickback. And you can listen to our show. You can check out the other shows. You can also, also donate to our Patreon. There's a big button that says Patreon, or you can go to patreon.com and search Color Me Dead podcast. And while we're there, we should say thank you to our examinators, <laughs> Melissa Morgan, Samantha Vaughn, Samantha Vaughn, Sharon Hoffman, and Eric Stark. Eric Stark. Welcome, Eric Stark. Welcome. Welcome to Thunder Did you want Dome. your nudes now or later? 
Yes. Yes, <laughs> bitch. I will send y'all nudes. I'm going to have a new batch of Patreon going out this week. So if you're a new one, expect to see shit soon. 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 So thank you guys. Eesh. <clears throat> we already said a big thanks to Samantha Vaughn for letting us borrow. Is that really Samantha Vaughn? Melissa Morgan, Sharon Hoffman, and Eric Stark. Mm-hmm. We have four? Mm-hmm. All right. Because we had two, and then Samantha Vaughn bumped hers back up. And, and then, then Eric. Stark. Hey, Eric. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Um, yeah, we said hey, you need to. Hey, you need to fucking message us and let us know what size hoodie you want. Yeah, I was going to message. We should probably do that. I was going to message him. I'm going to message him real I'm quick. I'm message him and say, what size do you wear? Because I think I have all the, <laughs> What size do you like? I think I have all the t-shirt sizes that I need to send out. I messaged one and it took her forever to message me back. I've had the package sitting there ready to go forever. Anyway, so I met a girl at Comic-Con this weekend at her booth. and This is the story of a girl who cried river and drowned a whole world. I'm sorry. That in photographs. Yes, absolutely love, love her when she smiles. smiles. I couldn't think of the word that like transitioned right there. Uh, but you got you got it pretty quickly though. That's got good. it. Got it. <laughs> well, this girl's name is Haley. She does peach cheek pins. Yes, she does. And she's also a Patreon. Yes, Thank she you. is. Um, I went and found her. I sent my creepy child up to her backwards in her little back band, walking up to her all exorcist style. And she looked over at her and she's like, oh, Nikki! <laughs> so, yeah, I got to meet her. She gave Angel and I some cool pins that she has designed that say, Color Me Dead. Aww. Uh, Yeah, you can check her out on Instagram, Peach Cheek Pins. Um, I, did, I took a picture with her and I talked to her and her mom who listened to our show and we love them. They love us and we want to say, hey. Go check them out. Yes, cute stuff. They're very cute. I'm going to have them start making our pins for our Patreon subscribers. So when you're a new Patreon subscriber and you get a pin, more than likely from Peach Cheek Pins. Yeesh. Yeesh. Thank you. Samantha Vaughn sent us the final truth, which will not be used in this episode just yet because there's something special coming up with that. Uh, the book used for this episode... Uh, it's called Donald Gaskins, The Meanest Man in America. Yes. By Jack Rosewood. I'm so excited. Pee Wee Gaskins has also been known as The Hitchhike Killer, The Meanest Man in America, and my favorite... The Redneck Charles Manson. Yes. He led a life of crime, rape, murder, and cannibalism. Everyone's favorite. Oh, you like, oh, I thought you said I love rape. I was like, oh, you like rape better than cannibalism? No. I was leaning towards the cannibalism. (laughs) (laughs) I love rape. Yeah, that was like, that went, oh, you like rape? No. Donald Henry Parrott was born on March 19th, 1933 in Florence County, South Carolina, to a single mom, Eula Parrott. Her mom did not like her with that whole situation right there. I actually, I went to school with a girl who should have been born probably in the 30s or 40s. Her name was Eula Lee. I won't say her last name. Was it Parrot? No, it was not. Oh. But, probably, yeah, Eula Lee. Like, Eula is fine, but Parrot is what makes it, I think anything mixed with Parrot just, and if anyone's last name's Parrot, we still like you. We're going to make fun of you, though. Yeah. You can to. make fun of my last name because it's fucking stupid. Anyway. Um, he was the runt of the litter, and that earned him the nickname Pee-wee. His mother gave him her last name because she didn't know who his father was. He was the youngest in a string of illegitimate children. That's if, why the litter. Well, and it's really unfortunate, too, because, like, if you have a child out of wedlock now, no big deal. Right. Right? People, like, people have... Babies out of wedlock I and our single moms all the fucking time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But back then, that was like a no-no. Even when I was, my mom was a single mom, and even though I wasn't like illegitimate or born out of wedlock, you still get treated like shit. Right. You're, you're, a, you're a single mom. Oh my God, your mom's a Oh mom. my God. Um, his mother, however, was not a good mother. When he was one, years, one year old, 
He was left unattended by said ma- amazing mother and drank a bunch of kerosene. How the fuck do you drink a bunch? Like, how did you get the first swallow down? That's what I'm wondering. Well, As you can awesome. imagine, this caused him physical and mental problems for the rest of his fucked up little life. His mother used to blame the kerosene for anything Pee Wee did wrong in his life. <laughs> All right. Maybe blame yourself for leaving the one-year-old home alone where he could get kerosene to drink. I don't know. I don't know. Start there. Yes. Um... She's not going to take any responsibility for being oh, no. a shit mother. No, no. It wasn't her fault. It was the no. kerosene. Of kerosene course. did it. It was the kerosene. The kerosene. goddamn kerosene's kerosene always jumping down it. my kid's throat, <laughs> making him stupid. Oh, my God. He's so teeny because of the kerosene. <laughs> he only eats people because of the kerosene. Kerosene triggered something in his brain that made him crave human flesh. I'll never understand kerosene sickness. That's what the scientists say. (laughs) (laughs) But because it was the 1930s, they didn't have the medical knowledge that we have now, and they aren't sure just how much damage that kerosene did to him. All right. So he suffered convulsions until the age of three and had horrible nightmares well into his teens. It's possible that this stunted his growth. Even though he was very small to begin with, Pee Wee was my size. Yes. He was only five foot two and he was very slender. I'm talking like, I don't think he ever weighed over a buck 50. No. Like, and that's giving him like leeway. Yeah. Because I want to say he was like 130. That's what I was thinking too. Like 100, 135, 135 pounds. So very small. I need to weigh 135 pounds. I don't, because that means I would have to eat right all the time. (laughs) Oh, fuck. I know. Me too. And I had pizza and donuts for dinner. That sounds amazing. Could this be what turned him into a serial killer? Could it be the shit in his childhood? Or was he just born this way? We'll never know. The world may never know. His mother neglected... Um, his mother neglected him and had plenty of different lovers that never missed a chance to beat the shit out of him. He said he called all of his mother's lovers, sir. He said he didn't bother learning their names because he knew that they weren't going to be there long enough. His uncles even took turns beating the shit out of him every chance they got. Oh, good. Yay. His mother finally married one of the lovers, but it didn't prove to be very stable as far as... Like, good for Pee-wee. And then the guy just beat the shit out of him more. The one she finally did marry was one mean son of a bitch. He used to knock me backhanded and knock me clean across the room just for practice. But then everybody knocked me around. My uncles and my other stepdaddies, said Gaskins. My other stepdaddies. Stepdaddies. Fun fact, Pee-wee didn't know his real name was Donald until he was a teenager and he was already in reform school. (laughs) He's like, well, my name's Pee-wee. I don't know what the fuck this Donald is. Yeah. How horrifying is that? Like, you didn't even know your real name. Yeah, that's, that's a little bit of a shock. What, Donald? What's Donald? I don't know what this Donald is you keep saying. like, Angela? Angela? When you're looking around. Angela Mays? Oh, fuck. Yeah, me. What? Because I've never answered to my real name. Yeah. I've always been called Angel. You'd think that, like, with it not being that far off, it wouldn't be a big deal. But Donald and Pee Wee are two totally different realms of reality. Yeah. Didn't even know. So, uh, Pee Wee talked about how kids used to make fun of him. They would say, Pee Wee, Pee Wee, Pee Wee, always playing with your pee pee. <laughs> he would get mad and hit someone. And, of course, all the kids would gang up on him and then beat the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. When Pee Wee was a teenager, his mom and his stepdad took him to the circus. They were looking at the snakes and they came across a king cobra. The barker put a live rat in the cobra tank. The cobra eats only twice a week. So if he were a normal snake, he wouldn't pay attention to the rat. Right. He'd be like, eh. Meh. However, the cobra lifted his head, spread his neck. As Pee Wee looked in through the glass, he saw his reflection and decided that he looked just like that snake. Because of his big old ears. Fair enough. Got a hood. Right? The barker began to tell the crowd that the cobra was the only species of snake that killed just because. The cobra killed the rat and then laid down and went back to sleep. The crowd was frightened, including his family. However, it gave Pee-wee a raging boner. Does that not give you a boner? If I had a dick, I would have a raging boner. Huge boner raging. Weird. I, I feel awkward for him for getting that boner, but whatever. That's not the only species of snake that kills just because, though. Isn't it? No. 
fuck no. Any venomous snake, so any snake that actually kills with venom will strike just to get like an annoyance away from them. Also, it takes several days for things to decompose. So they can kill shit and leave it there and decide in one or two days that like, oh yeah, I should eat that. I wonder why the book led us astray. Led me. I don't know shit about snakes. And I didn't even think to like, oh, let's look up snakes. A fucking black mamba will chase you. A brown snake will fucking chase you. Yeah. Black mambas scare me. Dude, I'd be more afraid of like an Australian brown snake. Those things are fucking horrifying. And they're quick. They're fast. Like my fat ass ain't outrunning shit. Mm -mm. So... Well, they say that this was a turning point for him, the day that he found a spirit animal. Pee-wee despised and dreaded school, not like normal kids that don't want to go to school, much worse. He was always getting picked on, always getting in fistfights, and always getting punished by the teachers and principals because of the fighting. He said, it's no wonder I never learned jack shit. Yeah, he's too busy getting in trouble. Uh Uh-huh. His stepdaddy told him that if he chose to quit school, he had to go to work on the farm. But that's not what Pee-wee wanted to do. He wanted to be a mechanic and work on cars. However, his stepdad beat his ass every time he went to go work with the mechanic, so he decided it was if it was best if he just did what his stepdaddy said. You would think that his stepdad wanted him to learn how to work on the farm to help the family or to learn skills for when he took the farm over, but it was really because he wanted to have full control over Pee-wee. Hmm. We love those full controlling people. Hey, I know a, I know a person or two that likes to. We're we're just gonna call it Gaskins. Now. Yes, we are. Hey, that Gaskins. guy gives me the fucking Rifkins, and we've and got this, the Gaskins. Oh, I see. You're a Gaskins. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. And then they'll be like, "What the fuck?" This is when Peely Peely. This is when Peewee learned how to be sneaky. He wanted to do what he wanted to do and get away with it. This is when he would learn the skills that would help him become the criminal and serial killer he would eventually be. Pee-wee was 11 years old at this time and now had dropped out of school. He and two other kids his age had formed the street gang called Trouble Trio. They terrorized Florence County with a number of petty crimes. They mostly focused on burglary and gambling, but this would be the time where he got his first taste of sexual sadism. Because doesn't everybody figure that out when they're 11? That was my first time. (laughs) God. 11 was a hell of a year. Right? That was the first time that I got tied up and really got... No, just kidding. Not really. Fucked like that since grade school. (laughs) God. God. Good Jesus. (laughs) you'll see a pattern of him using sexuality to exploit and harm people throughout his life because when he was 11, whatever. But this is what's really sad. They would use the money that they stole to get prostitutes, but they also started raping young boys. Mm -hmm. They would threaten the young boys with worse if they told anyone. That's the, and so if you guys don't know this, and you can meet this, but he got gang raped his first night in his reformatory. Mm-hmm. He got gang raped a lot. Yeah. Um, they even gang raped one of the members' sisters. They got caught for it, but they didn't get in trouble from the courts. No, they just got their asses kicked from the parents. Yeah. But can we take a moment... They gang raped one of the members' sisters. That so means he the dude raped, raped his, own, his sister. own sister. Yeah. And they didn't get in any trouble. Just like the parents beat their ass. And were like, God damn it, don't do that again. I told you. If I told you once, I told you a hundred times. Stop raping your sister. And stop bringing your friends over to rape her. Like, this, it was this, all jokes aside, is that literally a conversation that they had? I think that that is something like back, back then. It was or like maybe so in, hush, in, hush. Pro- I think so. That's probably why they didn't want it to go to court, because then people would know about it, and they well, would be and, out. Yeah, but like, I don't, I don't. Rape, even now, goes unreported so much. Way too often. You think that, like, look at it this way: there are still cultures, there are still places in the world that punish the victim mm-hmm. for being raped. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. <laughs> Right? Yeah. He was learning that intimidation was key. The more he intimidated people, the less likely they were to tell authorities. How fucking intimidating is five foot two really, though? Um, it depends. I don't know. Am I intimidating? Yeah, I was going to say, well, you tell me. You can scare the shit out of people, so. Okay, all right. That's fair. 
I don't know. Most people, okay. A handful of people have looked at me and been like, oh, boop. You're so cute. You're so cute as they're holding, put their hand on your forehead while you're going crazy. You're so cute. You're like a little spider monkey. (laughs) (laughs) Like a little spider monkey. All right. So with this kind of goes without saying, but, you know, I'll say it anyway. He also had zero respect for women. Surprise. In fact, he fucking hated women. Hmm. And I'm going to say that a lot of that probably came, um, or that, that a lot of that probably came from the fact that he had zero attention from his own mother. And the only attention that he got was shitty attention, bad attention. Mm -hmm. And he was neglected so that she could go and whore around. And then she beat him and let other people beat him. And realistically, this is something that stayed with him forever. And Uh I can see why. Like, this would, that would make anybody hate women. Mm -hmm. I agree. Well... Even at a young age, he said that girls pissed him off. He said, especially, it especially made me mad that them bitches could do anything they wanted. Show their asses, make fun of me, even beat me up and dare me to do anything about it, knowing I couldn't do nothing about it without being punished by the grownups. That, like, I get it. That would suck. That would suck. They can, you know, egg him on, egg him on, egg him on when he does something, then it's his fault. And I know that to be 100% true. Mm-hmm. I've seen little girls do it. I did it. Did it to my own brothers. My little sister did it to her brother. To our brother. Yeah. She used to, like, do shit. Like, she would carve his name into stuff or write his name on things. So he would get in trouble. Little shit. Asshole. I know. (laughs) No wonder he doesn't come around very often. If Pee-wee's family cared about him, they would have seen the signs by now that he... Would most likely end up a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't take the time to give a fuck. Well, however. However. Hmm. There were less than zero fucks given about this entire situation. Um, I mean, Florence County were the only ones that were lucky enough to deal with Pee Wee. Oh, good. So the policia. The policia. Policia! Pee-wee's gang buddies both moved out of town shortly after the gang rape. So he was left to go around and terrorize people pretty much on his own. Um, In 1946, he preyed on a victim that would fight back and change things for him. Pee-wee was in the middle of a burglary in a home of a girl he knew when she caught him and began attacking him with an axe. Mm -hmm. Pee-wee got the axe from her and then he attacked her. He left her for dead but finished his burglary before burglary before leaving he thought he would get off without being caught but sadly for him she wasn't dead yeah the girl suffered serious head wounds but was able to crawl to a nearby stream until she was found she was able to identify peewee as her attacker and he was convicted of attempted murder and sentenced to reform school until his 18th birthday he was 13 at the time so five years in reform school didn't seem like much for nearly killing somebody with an axe that's Right? Holy shit. Reform school? I don't know. Now, if she had died, then it'd been murder. Yeah, but it was just attempted murder. Well, I probably... I'll just. Bet, I'll bet you they didn't even charge... What did they charge him with? I don't know. There's. It's really hard to find information on Because I've never seen anything, so... And I was kind of hoping maybe it was in the book, but... It wasn't. Unfortunately, they probably didn't even charge him with attempted murder. It was probably just burglary. Yeah, like, God damn it, Pee-wee, keep your shit together. We're going to send you to reform school. Quit stealing shit. Jesus, that girl almost got killed over it. Like, somebody was probably like, oh, yeah, and he almost killed that girl. Stop robbing people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, nobody gave a fuck about girls then and realistically now. Jesus, I'd like, take all my shit, don't touch my girl. I don't have anything good, but you can try. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, right. The reform school didn't do much reforming. He states that he learned how to be a better predator here. This is like a true story, okay? It is. When you take somebody, this is why a lot of kids that get into trouble, when you're, like, people have asked me about kids in our care. They're like, he's 18. Why is he not in prison? Because we don't want to turn him into a finer criminal. Mm-hmm. So he's we just... leave him in the junior justice system. To try and straighten him out. Because when you send a kid who is malleable, little sponge, and you send him to, you know, prison with the big boys, 
They're just going to polish off their skills and yep. learn new ones. Yes, they do. Not long after arriving at the South Carolina Industrial School for Boys, he was beaten and then gang raped. He was small, and that pretty much made him the best and easiest target. Right? You know, he, he what are you going to do? Fight, but yeah. What are they, you going to do when you're 13 and you're five foot two and weigh 130 pounds? Take it. He probably didn't even weigh 130 pounds then. Oh, he probably hell no. weighed like 90 pounds. Yeah. So you get your ass kicked and then you get your ass fucked. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. That's really fucking sad. No wonder he has nothing. There's nothing there. Mm-mm. Pee Wee ended up going to the strongest inmate known as the boss boy and sexually serviced him to receive protection from rape and violence from the other boys. Pocket holding. Yep. He walked around holding that boy's pocket. Fuck, wouldn't you, though? Like, yeah. if it kept you from being gang raped Hell and getting yeah. your ass kicked and your teeth kicked in? Yep. Yeah. However, one of the guys that was in Boss Boy's crew liked to instigate gang rapes that involved Pee Wee being on the bottom because he liked to watch them. While in reform school, he also learned other, another skill that would be helpful to him in the future, escaping. He escaped from the facility many times. I really, really hate that. Like, one of the guys that was in the Boss Boys crew liked to instigate the gang rapes that involved Pee Wee being on the bottom. Hey guys, what we're going to do today? We're going to cornhole us Pee Wee. Because he's little. And I like watching. Fuck you, dude. Dude, you sick piece of shit. I don't like it. After about... After... About a year after he got there, he and four other boys escaped. The other boys were quickly captured, but he made it to one of his hideouts. An officer who knew him and knew that he was supposed to be locked up saw him at an abandoned house and convicted (laughs) and convinced him to return to the reformatory. Even though he went back on his own terms, he was still punished. He received 30 lashes and a month of hard labor. His nest escape, his next escape went a little different. This time, he only had one partner, and it was a bit more successful. He was able to stay hidden for a week, but then they sent out the bloodhounds after him, and they found him. Yeah, you ain't, like, sorry, sweetheart, you ain't run, you ain't, (laughs) I can't even speak today. You're not out running a dog. No, just walk out with your hands up, because you're going in. Yeah, dude, you don't, you don't, you cannot outrun a dog. I don't care if it's a basset hound. No. You yeah. cannot outrun a dog. Even a chihuahua. Those little motherfuckers have tiny legs can still outrun you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pee Wee knew these woods well because he spent so much time in them as a kid. He would spend a lot more time in them throughout his life while hiding out. He was always hiding for some reason or another. Either he had escaped from a correctional facility or he was wanted for a crime. These woods also served as a graveyard for many of his victims. After being captured for his second escape, he was severely beaten and given four months of hard labor this time. But don't worry, that didn't stop him from trying again, because he escaped two more times from juvenile custody. On the third escape, he was turned in by a family member and returned to custody. And on the fourth escape, he joined a traveling carnival. Like you do. Like you do. (laughs) While he was traveling with the carnival... He met a 13-year-old girl who he would marry. Pee-wee puts Ross from Friends to shame. They both like to get married, and Pee-wee would end up getting married six times. He beat Ross. He beat me so far. I still have life ahead of me. (laughs) There is time. There is still time for four more. I got you. (laughs) I I think my dad, I think my mom was my dad's sixth. No shit. Wife? Sixth or seventh. This dad? Oh. Dale. Dale, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why can I not remember his name? He's about to be my third husband. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh. Jokes. Fun joke. Jokes. Well, after that, um, after the whole circus thing, he got locked back up. However, I don't know how or when or what happened because I cannot find it. It wasn't in the book. I can't find it. I'm going to keep looking, so you might get an update on that, but I don't know. I didn't no. say And that's, dude, that's half the fun of doing your research when you hit a brick wall. Yeah. And you're like, okay, the trail just goes dead? I looked. Yeah, and I looked, and I looked, and I looked, and I looked. I was like, when the fuck did he get caught again? And I can't find it. I don't know. If anybody knows, 
Tell Hit us me. up. Call Tell me dead. Me. Podcast yeah. at gmail. I'm gonna keep, com. Yeah. I'm going to keep looking so I might find it somewhere, but I can't. Fuck. Well, in 1950, he was finally released. Law enforcement knew that he would pose a problem to society. They knew. <laughs> their report said that he was antisocial and there's something in his past development that is preying upon his mind. We consider him dangerous and also believe that he's hom... Sorry. I don't know why I find this so funny. We consider him dangerous and also believe he has the homicidal tendencies peculiar to the paranoid type. And can you see them being like, can you see other people's reaction when they look at him? They're like, we consider him to be dangerous. And he's like five foot two, a hundred pounds, soaking ass wet with rocks in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, that? They're like, uh, what? And, and, and he fucking was. Yes, he fucking was. Don't laugh at that shit. They don't, know what they're talking don't about. Don't laugh. It's serious. So anybody that's listening to this, you square up with me. Remember me. Reading peewee gases. (laughs) Yeesh. When he returned to Florence County, he had learned so many new things. He was a much better criminal and a much more dangerous predator. Oh, good. Way better. Mo better. Mo better. He went to work in the tobacco fields in South Carolina. And instead of making an honest living, he figured out how to criminally profit from his job. He did this by stealing tobacco and selling it. He later burned down the barns and profited from the insurance scam. Hmm. Farmers would pay him to burn down their barns so that they could in they could collect the insurance money. Pay we? I'll pay you a little bit if you burn down my barn. Dude. All right. Pee Wee's like, I like fire. <laughs> Show me the fire. <laughs> fire, fire. <laughs> it looks like like Beavis out there. <laughs> fire. <laughs> exactly. Burn, burn, <laughs> burn it. We all know that Pee Wee loved to commit crimes for money. It is also believed that he loved the arson jobs so much because when he was younger, he committed multiple arsons. Multiple arsons. I sounded like Dr. Evil. Yeah, you did. Only a year after he was released, he had a run-in with a tobacco farmer's daughter. Pee-wee was burning her father's barn down and she asked why he was doing it and then laughed at him. This made him angry. Dun, dun, dun. Mm -hmm. Little badger rage. (laughs) because he was afraid of being arrested and he really hated women he also loved that violence so he felt like this was a good time to attack her with a fucking hammer the girl survived and this ended up getting him locked back up this time he was at the adult men's prison in Columbia, South Carolina as much as he loves violence and hates women you would think that he would you know, I don't know, smarten up enough to make sure that they were dead double tap he needs to watch Zombieland double tap Fuck. Don't go stingy with your wax. <laughs> Whack her five more times. Make yeah. sure the bitch is dead. God. God, that sounds horrible when it I say does. it out loud. But you would think that he would make sure they were dead, but maybe he wasn't a better criminal after all of his time in juvie. It was the kerosene. It was the kerosene. It made it so that he couldn't actually absorb what he learned in juvie. I don't know. Pee was in prison for it. God damn it. You look so sincere while you're saying it that it makes it even funnier. See, what had happened was the kerosene put a thin layer of blubber over his brain. And so it kind of is like, you know, I'm rubber, you're glue, but opposite for Pee Wee. Because the kerosene made it to where you can tell him six, seven times. And it just don't, it rubbers, it doesn't stick, it doesn't glues. When his brain waves try to fire, they can't fire because that rubber, it takes out all the fire. It's, um, I don't want to get scientific on you, but rubber, like the rubber on your tires, will protect you from electrocution from the sky. And the kerosene. <laughs> and that's what it does in his brain. It protects it from the the brain waves that need to fire. <laughs> nothing goes out and nothing comes in, which is the bad part. <laughs> so he's protected. From to lightning. A, to a <laughs> <laughs> that's all. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. <laughs> He's almost been hit by lightning six or seven times. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear her say 77. <laughs> 77. <laughs> oh my oh, God. Shit. I don't know. I done throwed that wrench right out the window. Wait a minute. <laughs> if Hold anybody up. wants to know what we're referencing here, it's the Pee Wee Gaskins documentary where with they're his inter- daughter. They're interviewing his daughter, and this poor little delicate flower probably has an IQ of roughly Two? 65 or 70. Oh, seven. <laughs> seven. <laughs> I don't know, six or seven times. My IQ is about six or seven. <laughs> I'm not sure. <coughs> I'm not sure which. <laughs> she is a very simple woman. And this, this documentary is older. But yeah. it's a good watch. It is a good watch. She is so immune to her father's criminal actions that she openly discusses things that should cause you to weep slash cringe slash vomit. Puke. Oh, and she's walking around out where it happened. Like, I would be barfing everywhere if I... No. Uh, knowing that it was my own dad. But and dad, she's a very simple woman. Yeah. She's She is of a lower IQ. And you can tell that she's trying very hard to give facts... And, and and give a good interview. But she is, on top of having a diminished IQ, is country bumpkin as fuck. Yes. So, am I making some... Am I, am I, am I making jabs at a person with a low IQ? Not necessarily the low no. IQ so much as she's a country ass bumpkin. Yeah. It's and like I'm... trying to make... It's like making fun of the Avery family from making a murderer. Like, you can't... Right. Oh, you know... Oh. oh God! Oh shit! Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm making fun, not necessarily at the low IQ, but the fact that she grew up in the middle of fucking nowhere, South Carolina. It's the accent, yo. I love he it. Just, he just couldn't help himself. 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 No. He couldn't help himself. All right. Um, Pee Wee was in prison for attempted murder. Now that he was in a new facility, he had a new role. He was now a victim instead of a predator. He was tiny and little and surrounded by bigger, better, stronger, powerful inmates. Mm. Bum, bum, bum. It's bad for your butthole. Yeah, it is. That's, dude, can we not with the raping of anybody? No, let's not. Rape is bad. Please don't. Like, let's just stop with that shit. Yes. Like, if somebody doesn't voluntarily show you their butthole like a skunk. Don't put anything in it. Don't touch it. Now that we've got that passed. <clears throat> it was 1952 now, and the South Carolina State Penitentiary, now known as the Central Correctional Institute in Columbia, was severely overcrowded. From 1930 to 1960, the population of the prison more than tripled, going from 687 inmates to 2,078. I can't imagine that they were staffed well after tripling in size over just a few years. No. Well, it's 30 years, but still, I mean, Pee Wee was being threatened with violence and told he had to perform sexual favors so that he wouldn't get killed. Sadly, this is something he was used to since he had been locked up for so much of his life. Pee Wee had to figure out a way to get from the bottom to the top. He took a hint from the dude and the new guy. I'm sure he watched this movie before he went in and found the power man. Oh, God. Power men like to extort weaker inmates for commissary items and sexual favors. He had been at both ends in, the, in his life. When he was out, he was a predator. When he was locked up, he was a victim. And he decided it was time to change that. He wasn't about to become someone's bitch again. Who's the bitch now? The power man Pee Wee chose was named Hazel Brazel. I believe that's how you say it. 
or brazzle, but I like <coughs> hazel brazel because it matches or it rhymes. So that's what I'm gonna say is hazel brazel. Hazel brazel. Hazel brazel. Brazel. I'll bet you, I'll, I'll bet you it's brazel, but we'll call it. Brazel. I do too, but I, yeah, I like brazel better. All right. Do it. <laughs> he he knew he wouldn't be able to beat brazel brazel, whatever we decided on. He knew he wouldn't be able to beat Hazel in a fight because he was so much bigger and stronger than him. He knew he would have to stalk him and attack at just the right time. Pee-wee started bringing Hazel food from the kitchen and was trying to make friends with him for a few weeks. He noticed that Hazel had started letting his guard down and started making his plan of attack. Pee-wee stole a paring knife from the kitchen... Since all of the power men now trusted him, he had no problem walking past any of them and walked straight into Hazel's cell. Nobody thought anything of it because he had done it so much in the past. When he got to the cell, he noticed that Hazel was on the toilet. Oh, man, that's just... Mm-hmm. You made... don't fuck with a man on the shitter. No. That made him an <clears throat> even easier target than Pee-wee could have hoped for. He didn't waste any time at all and attacked. He cut Hazel's throat and left him to bleed to death. He was quickly apprehended by the guards and was soon charged with the murder. Because of their size difference, he was able to plea bargain the charge down to manslaughter, and most of it ran concurrent with the sentence he was already serving. He didn't get much more prison time and was initiated as the power initiated as the power man. So he considered this like it was a huge win, you know, like fuck it, I'm not really getting that much more time and nobody's going to fuck me in the butt. No. So, he knew <clears throat> he knew that he was never going to have to be afraid in there again. This murder was his first confirmed kill. Now, back to the fucking kerosene on the brain. We made sure that we stabbed this knife six or seven times till he died. <laughs> all the way dead. All the way dead. All the way dead. Uh, and this possibly could have sparked the upcoming killing spree. He got a taste of blood. I think he already killed before that, but that's just my opinion. I, you know what? I'm sure that there are more people that he did attack, and there are more people that probably died as a result of their injuries prior to this. Mm-hmm. Just a thought. Uh, after Brazel's murder, Brazel, Brazel. I kept saying Hazel because I was like, I don't know. I'm Hazel all self-conscious Brazel. about it. Uh, after Hazel's murder, Pee-wee said, I could pretty much get anything I needed. I had the system working for me. I had power and I had weapons and I had all the young meat I wanted. Uh, that's really filthy. I don't like it. No, that's really filthy. Yeah. I like I nails. I don't like anything about Pee-wee. <laughs> no, everything about Pee-wee's fucking filthy. Right. He spent most of the 50s and 60s in prison and he had what he called self-furloughs, <laughs> which... That's actually kind of clever. It is. Um, That's when he escaped and decided to go on vacation. His escapes were from the adult prisons, were much more successful and lasted longer than when he was trying to run from juvie. In 1955, he learned that his wife wanted to divorce him. After he found out, he escaped through a garbage truck. He then stole a car, drove to Florida, where he met up with the carnival, and traveled to where he met his wife. He never found her, so he did what every normal person would do. He married someone else. Yeah. Even though he was still legally married. Yeah. But he left her after two weeks. Well. I mean. That's a void. Fucking. Ugh. Left her at the fucking technicalities. Yeah. Small things. Um, Fucking carnies, dude. <laughs> I can say that. Because you're. You're. I'm a direct fucking descendant of like legitimate carnival. Carnival. Where they like. They didn't guess your weight. Nope. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, we, uh, they stole your daughter's fucking tournament of child brides and shit. Yeah. They were basically peewees, you know? Met a girl in Carnival 13, decided to bed and wet her. Yes. (laughs) Gross. And then seven kids later, I leave her. (laughs) Yeah, it only was real good for the first seven days, and after that, it was just weird. And so I had to leave her after two weeks. Yeah. <clears throat> the now, second seven was just me trying to figure out how to get out of there. Sim. 
He went to Tennessee uh, with a contortionist, I bet that was fun, named Betty Gates, that he met at the carnival. Those carnival women clearly drove him crazy because he was said to be enamored and enthralled with Betty. She was a contortionist. I'm sure that was fun. Yeah. A contortionist. A contortionista. Yes. After Pee Wee and Betty got to Tennessee, though, she told him that she needed money to bail out her brother from jail. She gave Pee Wee a carton of cigarettes and some money to go bail out her brother, but when he got back to the hotel, she was gone, taking the car that they had stolen, and kicked fucking rocks out of town. But the story gets better. Yes, it does. <clears throat> the police showed up at the hotel room where Pee Wee was because uh, the carton of cigarettes he gave to Betty's brother had a weapon in it. That he used to escape. Bum, bum, bum. And Betty's brother was actually her husband. Oh! <laughs> There's the kicker. Oh, there it is. The police discovered that Pee Wee was a wanted fugitive and took him back to South Carolina to finish his sentence and face his new charges from the escape. This clearly didn't stop him from escaping or getting married more. He escaped many times, and during these escapes, he learned how to live off of the land. He ate snakes and bawled water out of the ditches. He often returned to his hometown because he knew the area, but avoided the populated areas. Another fun escape was a Bundy-style escape. Before Bundy did it, of course. He jumped out of a second-story window in a courthouse and went to the swamp land he knew so well. Even though they were hot on his tail, he was able to circle back and write, Pee-wee was here on one of their windshields. (laughs) (laughs) I would laugh. Like, what would you do if you were that cop? You'd be like, that dirty motherfucker. That shit's funny. But oh my God. (laughs) Like that? Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. Yes. He was finally paroled in 1961 and worked briefly as a driver and a personal assistant for a traveling minister. None of the preacher's sermons had any effect on him, though. Mm-hmm. He just used this job to co- as a cover to burglarize more homes. This is popular. Pop- pop- this is possibly where he learned that mobility is key. Always be on the move, and you're harder to catch. In 1962, Pee Wee was convicted of statutory rape. The girl was 12. He would have been about 29 by now. This got him sent back to prison until 1968. When he was released, he said he would never return. The first 35 years of his life were messed up enough, but it just got worse after this. He killed for personal gain and pleasure. He liked to make people suffer and liked to make money in the process. He didn't have any kind of, any like specific type of person that he liked to kill. He didn't give a fuck. He liked to kill men, women, kids, elderly. He didn't care. As long as they were bleeding and they were dead, he was happy. As we mentioned before, Pee-wee liked to kill for pleasure. He had a string of murders that are referred to as the coastal killings. The number of confirmed murders were a lot different than the number of murders he said he committed. And we'll sum that all up in the end. That's the end. Nobody has a real answer for this. No. But we have a little bit better idea coming from Peewee. Yes, we do. And now we should hear from Peewee. No, just kidding. Turn, turn, turn. It's now late 60s. <clears throat> so, as we know, this was about the time of the hippies and the free lovins. Mm. Lots of hitchhiking and exploring for young people. And this is, this is, people, this is people that fucking ruined it for us. Have you right. ever hitchhiked? I have. Fuck no, I don't yeah. dare. Well, not now. No, God, I didn't ever dare. I did. It was kind of funny. I think the people that pick you up are the ones you should be worried about, not the people, like, getting into a stranger's fucking car. Right, that's yeah, that's what I'm it's legit of. horrifying. It's pretty scary. Shouldn't worry about the hitchhiker. Mm, probably not. Unless it's Eileen Warnos with her crazy eyes. Oh, fuck. Worry Good about point. that one. Anyway. This is what ruined the exploration for trippy hippies and young people. In 1969, it is believed that he found his first coastal victim in Myrtle Beach. He picked up a young hitchhiker and asked her for sex. She said no, so he beat her till she was unconscious and then raped and tortured her before killing her. Good job. That's so nice. Don't don't say no, I guess. Welcome to South Carolina. She gets for saying no. (sighs) What was she wearing at the time? Right. Was it her fault? I'm sure it was her fault. She had a short, short skirt. She probably wasn't wearing no panties. Mm-mm. Her fault. She was asking for it. Mm-hmm. God. 
heavy. Yeah, that's the kind of shit to say, though. Oh, I know. That's what really fucking, oh. He took her to the swamps and buried. Well, yeah, I don't, you don't really bury a person in the swamp. You basically throw them in there and they sink. Yep. So not only that, things in the swamp eat you. Whether it's catfish or turtles or gators. Them crocodiles, which reminds me of that little girl that got fucking. She was on spring break and she got abducted. And there's some back and forth as to whether or not gang members took her or bikers took her and gang raped her. There's like a bunch of back and forth. What the fuck was that little girl's name? Anyway, we'll get to that later. Somebody, somebody right now is listening and going, it's this little girl's name. And it did happen in fucking Myrtle Beach, I think. Really? <clears throat> yeah. Hold on. Those goddamn swamps. Brittany Drexel. Ten years ago, she was in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina in 2009. Oh, my God. I've actually, like, I want to put this case together because it's very fucked up. There's there's a guy that went, like, some people, long story short, there's been, like, she was abducted by a group of black men, raped, shot, and then thrown in the swamp. And then somebody else is like, no, that's not what happened. I wasn't even there. Blah, blah, blah. And then somebody was like, she was abducted by a bunch of bikers, gang raped and thrown in the swamp. Like, I don't know. Anyway, poor little girl. She went to Myrtle Beach for spring break against her family's. Oh. I know. Listen to your oh. mothers. Mother knows best. Take it from your mumsy. Mm-hmm. I can't remember okay. the words. Took her to the took her to the swamp, sank her body. After this, he realized that he could pretty much do whatever he wanted to her. So, he later said, "What I had done, what what I had to do was kill her." I remember smiling to myself and wondering, "I had never th- why hadn't I ever thought about this before?" Oh, gross! If she was dead, she couldn't tell the law or nothing. So, once I had made up my mind and decided that I was going, she was going to die anyhow. I could do whatever I wanted to her. Okay. Well, what he said about this victim and all of his coastal victims will give you the pre-puke slobbers. He said, some of them I cut, some of them I burned. I ran a cable in and out of one and hung her up by it. I pumped another one full of water, which seemed to really hurt, filling her up until it came out of her nose and mouth. She, but, but she died quick, which I hadn't expected. So I didn't do that anymore. I preferred for them to last as long as possible. He's such a sick fuck. And we'll get more into that. That was out of his, that was out of the final truth. Yeah. That's his autobiography. Yeah. When we go in more to, this is what you have to look forward to at that point when we get there. Vicious details of tortures, rapes, murder. And like we said, we don't know. Nobody knows if it's true. This is all, but this is all out of the fucking cat's mouth. Mm -hmm. Like this is his words. Yeah. So. We don't know if he's blown it up to make him look better or if he was really that sick, but I'm going to go with uh, it's I think all he was probably, true when he was really that sick. He was really that sick. He's a simple motherfucker. What at this point? Because he was incarcerated when he wrote that. Mm-hmm. So what at that point, like what difference does it made if he told the truth or he told a lie? Yeah. And he wasn't like, he wasn't even concerned with trying to make himself look better. Not even for his daughter who, yeah, anyway. He found inspiration for his torture methods at the hardware store. Hammers, saws, ice picks, and all the other lovely torture tools that they sell there. He said he took 80 victims during his coastal killings, male and female. In 1974, he picked up two hitchhikers. He thought they were women because they had long hair. Remember, trippy hippies. Mm -hmm. But soon found out they were male. Because he's such a sick fuck, he cared very little about this. He's like, eh. He raped and tortured both men and then cannibalized their body parts before throwing them in the swamp. Because this can't get any worse, Pee-wee said that he would have his victims watch as he ate bites of their flesh and made them eat some of their own bodies as well. Ew. Now, nobody knows why he liked to do this. He said it was because he had the urge to see blood and called himself a vampire. Okay. He's just a little bit of a vampire. I'm a vampire. 
I watched that on Cops once. They arrested I this chick. Did love, you see that yes. one? Because I'm a, a vampire. A very polite vampire. Ah. <laughs> With her seven teeth. And her dress is like coming up. They keep having to pull it down. I know. <laughs> yeah. God. It is said that he killed 10 to 12 people a year during his coastal killing phase. His daughter later said that his urge to see blood grew exponentially. Highly doubt she used that word. Just saying. He seemed to be addicted to killing and torturing. Um, As his addiction grew, he found ways to feed it and make money while doing it. This is a quote from him. By October of 70, I had picked up and coastal killed 10 girls total, including the three done in 69. But most important thing about 19 and and 70 was... (laughs) I can't. About 19 and 70 was that it was the year I started doing my serious murders. Okay. 20, because, you know, raping and eating people and then tossing him in the swamp. That's not that's very not serious. serious. Those were just the coastal killings. Listen. Listen. Those them are just for fun. Those are practice runs. Right. 25-year-old Dennis Bellamy and his 15-year-old half-brother, John Knight, became partners with Gaskins as part of an auto theft ring. Oh, God. Oh, God. Pee-wee told them to meet him in a wooded area close to his house to have a meeting about this theft ring. And this is after it had been going a little bit, you know. Correct. Pee-wee was worried that one or both of them were talking to the authorities about their plans. When they met him in the woods, they went for a walk. Pee-wee pointed to a high tree limb and said that they could use it to hoist the stolen vehicles. When they looked up to see the limb, he shot one in the back of the head, and when the other ran, he shot him too. He disposed of the bodies in a burial site that he had created. It is unknown why he killed the two men, but his daughter later said that he killed anyone he felt to be a threat. If he thought they were going to tell on him, he got rid of them. You will notice that Pee-wee had different waves of killing. He had the coastal killings that were basically just to feed his bloodlust, his profit killings where he made his money, and, you know, later we're going to discuss the murder of friends and family. He would refer to this, he would refer to his for-profit killings and the murders of friends and family as his serious killings. These are my serious killings. We kind of already stepped over that. (laughs) Because his killings up to 1970 were basically random and there were no ties to him, he was able to get away with them. The early 70s is when he started to get a little more careless and lazy. And this is about the time he started killing people close to him. It was <clears throat> it was noticed that people around him started to fucking disappear. Uh, because he had gotten so used to killing any time and nobody was safe, anyone was a potential victim at this point. Yeah, because he was like, well, I can kill whoever I want, whenever I want. You guys are all a goddamn victim. You're a potential. You look like a victim. <laughs> you look like a victim. I could kill you. You would look good in a swamp. He started showing a little bit more of his serial killer side. This is where he got rid of any fucks, and he actually started driving a hearse. Mm-hmm. That was the end of the fox. Like, yo, just so you know, <laughs> this is not for fun. This is economical and practical for a serial killer. Because I'm doing the serious killings now. Uh, excuse me, the more serious killings, we doing that now. Mm-hmm. All right, well. <laughs> and on the side of it, it said, I hold dead bodies. Nothing says serial killer like that. But people didn't take that serious. No. No, I would ya. Everybody knew he was off his rocker, and this kind of pushed at the edge. Sheriff Barnes said, I think you would have to say that he came over as different because of how many people do you know drive a hearse as their vehicle. Even the goddamn sheriff just, like, brushed it off. Like, yeah, he just different. He just a weird old cat. Oh, he just a little different. Yeah. It, you know. But oh, Pee, we don't mind him. He's just a weirdo. He just a little crazy, a little different. Yeah. Different. Different. That's in the, uh, you guys will see it. Go watch the uh, documentaries available on YouTube. Watch oh, it six or seven times. So six or seven times. And you'll see he just a little different. Yeah. 
There were plenty of serial <laughs> killers. Right. There were plenty of serial killers that could separate their personal lives from their killing life. Ted Bundy, to be example. To be example. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ted Bundy, for example, um, and Jeffrey Dahmer were just a few that I've recently done reading on that fit into that category. Um, but they were good at it until they weren't, and everything unraveled. <laughs> Pee-wee was not one of these people. He was never fucking good at it. At this point, the residents of Florence County knew about his criminal record, but basically just thought he was a weirdo and nothing more. They were about to find out how wrong they were. In November of 1960, his 15-year-old niece, Janice Kirby, and her friend Patricia Alsobrook were walking home, and he stopped and offered them a ride. This is a normal thing for an uncle to do, so they didn't think anything of it. Instead of taking them home like they thought he would, he took them to an old abandoned house. He raped and tortured them before he drowned them. Around the same time frame, he preyed on another family friend. Her name was Doreen Dempsey. She was 23 years old, and she had a two-year-old daughter and planned to leave the state with her child to start a new life. She planned on taking the bus because she didn't have a car, but guess he was there to give her a ride to the bus stop. Bum, bum, bum. Pee-wee. Good old Pee-wee. With his hearse. With the hearse. They never made it to the bus stop. Now, before we go any further, we need to mention the baby was racially mixed in South Carolina in the 60s, 70s. Yeah. And I'm sure this is why Doreen wanted to go somewhere else, because that wasn't very accepted at that point in time. I don't think it was really anywhere, but definitely not South Carolina, because I think the baby was half white, half black. Yes, half black. Um, she felt that there were better opportunities elsewhere. Pee-wee drove Doreen and her child to the swampy graveyard. He raped and killed Doreen, and just when you think he couldn't get, couldn't become more of a sick fuck, he raped and killed the two-year-old. Later, Pee-wee's daughter would say, Oh my god. He could not resist raping the baby. Here's a clip of the... YouTube documentary that we have been talking about, just so you can hear it in her voice and how... How she says it. Yeah, how distant. Like, it was just like... It's like if there was a cookie on the counter, and I oh, just couldn't he, help but eat that cookie. It was she, so he could, good. He couldn't resist raping that baby. He just couldn't. Right here is where my daddy used to live, um, and right over here is where... Uh, he drowned Doreen, just he held her under the water until she had drowned it. And then he hit the baby in the back of the head and hatchet after he had raped her. He said that um, he just could not resist raping the baby. It's fucking horrifying. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway... I don't fucking... No! I don't like it. Okay. Uh, his next victim would be his first black victim. Her name was Martha Dix. She was 20 years old and hung around Pee-wee's repair shop. Why? Why you hang out there? Mm -mm. Pee-wee was extremely racist. Yep. What the fuck were you doing chilling with him? Yep. Like, and not just like... Okay. In my experience, this is my personal experience, so anybody of color that could be listening to this might disagree with me. I don't know. All my friends of color, whether they are Asian, black, Islander, you know what I mean? Like, right. you have friends that you're really, like, your buddies with. Mm -hmm. And you will make racially charged jokes with your buddies. They do it to me. I do it to them. It's funny. To right. us, it is funny. Okay? That being said, why the fuck would you hang out with somebody that is like, actually racist openly hateful racist it's rapes not just... and kills mixed race babies because yeah. he just wasn't okay with that he had to and you're a black woman you were you were a woman of color hanging out with this motherfucker for some reason he tolerated her hanging out okay uh, tolerated 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 just fucking airy she would tease him and he would put up with it in early 1971, she started telling people that she was pregnant with his kid. 
I think that was just to get under his skin, but I don't know. Maybe she was crazy, but maybe she was just like, this will piss him off because then people will think that he's been having sexual intercourse with a black woman, mm-hmm. which is also a fucking no-no. Well, lots of men did it. They just, it's like riding a moped. You don't fucking admit it. Well, being pregnant with Pee-wee's kid, that was too much for Pee-wee to handle. He invited her over for drinks at a shop one night. He had laced the drinks with a fatal amount of sedatives. He dumped her body in a ditch and then went on with his life. Notice that he didn't, as far as I can tell, and maybe he'll say different in his autobiography, he didn't rape her. No. He just killed her with the drink. And but why her. didn't he torture her for humiliating him? Why didn't he do any of that? I don't know. And maybe the torture was when she drank the drink, it took her a while. To, like, you know, she suffered. I don't sedatives, know. Sedatives, dude. You were going yeah, to get real fucking sleepy. You may have gotten the pukes. But realistically, that's how people like to kill themselves because it's pretty painless. And you fall asleep and you don't wake up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well... He later said that he murdered her Murdered her because she was lying out her mouth. She had to die because of her lying mouth. All right. Her lying mouth. Her lying mouth. In 1975, he decided to become somewhat of a hitman. He was hired by a woman named Susan Kipper to kill her ex-boyfriend Silas Yates for $1,500. Susan was from Florence County, so she knew Pee-wee's reputation and knew he was the right man for the job. Pee-wee didn't carry out this job alone, though. Diane Neely, John Powell, not the one, the river John Powell from here, and John Owens were on it with him. He had to have accomplices because Yates knew of his reputation, and there was no way he was going to get him to go anywhere with him. The three accomplices lured him outside the house where Pee-wee was and killed him. The four disposed of the body and all was well till he got a phone call not too long after the murder. Diane Neely and her boyfriend told Pee-wee that they were going to turn him in unless he paid them $5,000. He agreed to pay the money. Neely and her boyfriend thought he was stupid enough to believe them, even though they weren't going to turn him in because that would implicate them as well, but the joke was on them. Pee-wee doesn't play games like that. He killed them and disposed of their bodies in the swamp just like the others. So, like, when they met up and they were like, he's like, I got your $5,000. let just mate me. And he killed them. Kilt? Kilt. Kilt them. That's how you do it in South Carolina. You know. Same about, time. About your said murder, you just killed them dead. Once you've done about six or seven, you have to just kilt them. Kilt them dead. Fuck. Ugh. This is where we're going to leave you, though. Yeesh. Um, doing, doing, doing. <laughs> Next week, we'll talk more about Pee-wee. And the murders. And the murders. How we got caught. And what happened after that. And we're likely going to start diving into the shit show of that autobiography, The Final Truth. <laughs> Gear so, up for that one. I feel like it's going to be a puke fest. Um, but in the meantime, always be nice to the little guy. And And stay out of chalk lines. Goodbye. Goodbye.